Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new, all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's August. It's a month where uh, if you've got a, a psychological crisis, forget about it because all the psychologists and psychologists... They're on vacation. They're on vacation. <laughs> but we... <laughs> are intrepidly sharing vital we're here. information. Don't with have you. an anxiety attack. Right. Yeah, we're we're here, we're available. Radio program at AOL.com oh is the destination for questions. Yeah. We can't really talk you off the ledge, but we can provide you with uh, hopefully <laughs> information, even in the middle of the summer when nobody seems to exactly. be available. Yeah. 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 It's really something. Nothing gets done this this time of year. Right. The uh, the wheels are Grinding to a halt. I know, I know, I know. The dog days of summer, and and the weather is hot except, up here, up here in New York, anyway. Except at the State Department, I think they're kind of a, a beehive of activity these oh, days. Oh my goodness! Yeah. 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 So, um, all right. Um, so let's remind our listeners: radio program at mm-hmm. aol dot com is mm-hmm. the destination for questions. It's a good time to get questions in because some of you may say, "Well, there's so many questions, we'll never get in." There's a little bit of a lull in yeah, terms of uh, so questions. Yeah, so your question may be answered yeah, you know, as soon as pe- next week. Yeah, people are a little next lethargic. Podcast. You know, they're baking in the sun. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's yeah. hard to get the extra energy up to send us an email. But if you've got a pressing question, run it by us so that mm-hmm. we have a nice backlog of questions in our in our banks when we return uh, yep. for Labor Day. Um, okay, we have a question about THC content in yes. CBD. Yep. In CBD, Charlie writes, about CBD, I am concerned with THC content. What are your comments? Okay. I wish he was a little more specific. Well, what, yeah, so there's two considerations. One is, will you get stoned? Will you become like Cheech and Chong with you know, <laughs> CBD? You right. Know? Uh, uh, you know, um, dude, where's my car? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Will you right. be stoned? Will right. you have problems with coordination? Will you, uh, lose productivity? Um, will, will you get you, the munchies? Will you get the munch? By the way, interesting on that hmm. is that of the two constituents of marijuana, the main constituents, which are THC tetrahydrocannabinol and uh, cannabidiol, uh, mm-hmm. THC definitely gives you the munchies, increases appetite. Okay. CBD seems to attenuate appetite. Oh, maybe yeah. a hunger suppressant. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I wow. I don't know if I get more hungry from that at all. Okay. Um, so, but. That's interesting. But you have to say that while it's from hemp, so this is, hemp is not something that's designed to, you know, people don't smoke hemp. I mean, it's a slang for marijuana in some circles. 
Yeah. But hemp is really low in THC. Plus, in the purification process, they get rid of most of the THC. So mm -hmm. I'm told that it's about 99% CBD yeah. and maybe 1% of THC. This is a residue, a tiny residue that's yeah. very hard to completely distill out of there. That wouldn't really do anything. Well, it, think about it might it. do one thing, hmm. which is if this guy is in uh, a setting where they test, they do frequent drug screening. Yeah. Like the uh, Like if you're a military, freight train operator. The military. A pilot. Pilots. Uh, you know. Uh, the, the, you're, the, uh, you're the captain of the police, Staten Island Ferry. Police. You know. The, yeah. I, I don't sure. There are various testing requirements in different, yeah. in different occupations. Mm -hmm. And there, hypothetically, the sensitivity of the tests is so great that... Um, you might turn up a positive. So, for example, wow. uh, a patient of mine said, I'm, he's going to go, he's not in that kind of job, but he got one of those self-test kits, you know, test it like when you want to test your teenager or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, I think it's a urine test. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he, he took CBD mm -hmm. and then he tested for THC and it turned up positive. Oh, now, my it didn't gosh. Say, it, does, it just says positive or negative. It doesn't tell you that you have a lot or a little. Yeah. It just, like, it, it's so sensitive that it picked it up. So, wow. uh, you know, he was kind of surprised by that and uh, passed along to me. And mm. uh, I would say that um, you, you have to be a little cautious. Uh, from what I've heard, CBD is legal for Olympic athletes. It's WADA legal, World Anti-Doping Association legal. Uh -huh. So, you, but, you know, you'd have to, I don't know how that works in practice because they would might test positive on a urine test. They recently disqualified uh, an athlete, I think her name is Richardson, for smoking pot. Uh, and she admitted smoking pot. She says, you know, I, I'm an athlete, but I also need to relax. I need, I want to get, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it helps with aches and pains, you know, athletic injuries. So she actually smokes pot. Well, they said no. You're, she, they denied her a uh, opportunity to participate in the Olympics. Um, Too bad. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but... I think there's growing acceptance of CBD, mm -hmm. and you know when I deal with patients who might be in a setting where they might be tested, I said I'd be very happy to provide you with documentation that, um, you know that, that you're taking the supplement, the supplement at a, do a doctor's orders, yes, and that it is not. Uh, you know, we can send them all the spec sheets on the content of the THC mm -hmm. to show that they're not uh, taking a. Uh, mm -hmm. an, a dose that might impair their performance. Right. Right. You know. That's a good idea. Uh, haven't so, been called upon to do, do that yet, yeah. but but you know the rules are the rules, and sometimes that in certain settings that might be a sticky wicket. So it might be useful to, to the audience to talk about the primary uses for CBD yeah. oil. Insomnia is right. one of them. It can right. help with sleep, uh, falling asleep, staying asleep. It can help with anxiety, stress, muscle aches and pains. Right? Absolutely. You talk about. That and uh, yeah, I mean, I use topical CBD. You know, mm -hmm. when I get a little sore, I like rub it in, mm -hmm. and I think it's helpful. Mm. Um, there's also some uh, data on topical CBD for skin conditions, inflammatory skin conditions. Oh wow! Because it's a little inflammatory, uh, anti-inflammatory. Um, so anti-inflammatory and a hunger suppressant. Wow, we're mm -hmm. creating a media campaign for <laughs> right for CBD. Can't be that. That's really uh, something. And then pain. 
pain, of course. Uh, pain, yeah, yeah, yes, pain. Uh, but what it, it's not like a knockout for pain, but it seems to make you. Yeah. Uh, it works more on the brain than the site of the pain, so it, it seems to work to make your brain interpret the pain as less aversive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's certainly worth uh, trying. I think CBD is helpful for gastrointestinal problems. We've had some patients who have ulcerative colitis. Uh, who do well with uh, and Crohn's disease? Yes. Who feel that it has a, a reduces pain, cramps, discomfort. Maybe it has an anti-inflammatory effect too. Terrific. In the gut because it just when you well, take muscle it, relaxant even because yeah, yeah that too possibly that too. yeah so that's something. Um, so you know potential use in um, IBS mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but mostly uh, as a sort of natural anxiolytic to you know deal with anxiety. Right. Also. Uh, there's some studies that suggest that it's good for PTSD. Oh. So it's good for, uh, they're, they're exploring it in the Veterans Administration where there are a lot of returning vets with PTSD. Yeah. yeah. Uh, head injuries. Oh, wow. Head injuries. There's actually um, some information that. Hello, football made. players and boxers. Yeah, and soccer players and who soccer can't players. head the ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really something. So it okay. seems to have an anti inflammatory effect in the brain. Mm hmm. Along with other things like fish oil, uh, actually. But and by the way, um, mm. there's now some information on pregnenolone for pain. Really, uh, high dose pregnenolone. There was a study at the VA in uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, Durham, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, they took a bunch of relatively young vets, average age 37, with low back pain, and they gave them high dose pregnenolone, up to 500 milligrams for a few weeks, and they reported uh, decreased pain because. Pregnenolone is a neurosteroid. It actually works on the nervous system. Oh, wow. And so it could be helpful. The okay. other thing is, I mean, for another type of pain, we actually have a new sponsor, uh, Zobria, which who they make something called benfotiamine, which we've been using for oh, years. Oh, yes. And they're going to market it as a... Great for uh, neuropathies uh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as, you know, it's, it's a very bioavailable form of vitamin B1. So that can be oh, alpha-lipoic acid for neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also... Um, you know, we can use uh, sometimes uh, GLA. You know, yes, can be helpful for neuropathy. Acetyl L-carnitine for neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Neuropathy is something that can be attacked uh, nutritionally. Yeah, um, to to some degree. Yeah, yeah. But CBD, I think, is is key right. for all those conditions. And we want to go kind of high on CBD for pain. You know? Sure. Some people will say, well, you know, I took a gummy. You know, it didn't help. Well, maybe you need to take like some of the higher doses that are now available. Maybe you needed six gummies. Or no. <laughs> or take the more constant. You're going to get a lot of gummies. Yeah. Uh, you, you know your your, your denture is going to stick. Right. But, um, <laughs> the uh, it's like uh, to, you know English toffee. You'll, you'll, yes. You'll, yeah. Um, saltwater taffy. Saltwater taffy. Yeah. Pulls your fillings out. <laughs> uh, but the um, you can take the capsules then and now mm-hmm. constantly like fifty. You can get some that are a hundred. Mm-hmm. Pretty high doses might be necessary for pain. But you know, actually, for pain, sometimes you go to a, um, you know, you get a card because you have a, a disability that entitles you to medical marijuana in many yes. states now, and you can get a little bit of THC. THC seems to enhance the pain relieving effects of CBD. So if CBD That's alone really doesn't something. work, you yeah. m- but you don't get that over the counter. You no, have no, to no, get no, it no. from a prescribing yes. physician, right. and then you go to a marijuana dispensary. And it's not like a recreational marijuana. It's like mm-hmm. people with really awful pain conditions sure. take uh, you know, cancer pain, you know, mm-hmm. debilitating back pain. They take, mm-hmm. they take, they either smoke it or take a tincture or take pills. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
or oh, people pain. who have low appetite due to maybe cancer therapies. Mm. There's something called Marinol. Marinol, That's yes. something. Yeah, I remember that from my dietetic internship days. That's interesting. So the people who have to be careful with CBD are those who are regularly blood tested because that little itty bit of THC might do something. Trigger positive tests, which might be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. All right, good point at which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a vital message with you. So here goes. Listen up. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD Plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make intelligent medicine the free resource that it is to you. And now back to our questions. What's next, Lee? We've got one from Mary. Dear Dr. Hoffman, this is really interesting. Yeah. We recently moved to a new home and over the last month I've noticed that both my kids and my own bowel movements seem to have a very foul odor and smell similar to each other. It's a very distinct and distinguishable smell, which prompted me to wonder if there could be something in the water causing this. Water is the only new variable in our diets over the last month. You know, I have to say, Mary, that is very astute. It's a very astute observation because my first question would have been, well, you moved to a new home. You're, you probably have a different grocery store where you shop at. You're probably buying some different things and you're all eating the same. So voila, same right. odor. Mary says, we use a pitcher water filter and no one has experienced loose stools or diarrhea. And also wondering, what would your recommendations be on the healthiest drinking water? Well, before we get yeah. to that, uh, you know, let me just say that the temptation is to dismiss this as a figment of this person's imagination. It sounds kind of weird, right? You know, you, you move, you, all your bowel movements smell the same. I mean, maybe you've got a little bit of an overactive imagination, mm. right? I mean, I tend to, you know, take people's reports for granted, but this yeah. sounds a little weird. But there's actually a basis for believing that people in a shared environment share intestinal flora. Yeah. And they don't have to, it's not necessarily a matter of poor hand washing or hygiene. Yeah. They somehow transmit it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, just, and this may be a little too much information, but I, I actually <laughs> experienced this when I worked in the hospital. Huh. Uh, I worked in uh, Bellevue Hospital, and in the, in, in the day, Bellevue had very poor ventilation. In fact, they had to undertake a multi, multi-million dollar uh, really? project to fix their ventilation because what was happening is they were pumping pathogens all through the hospital. And for oh, ordinary people with, in good health, these were not causing problems, but for people with immune suppression, it was devastating. Wow. And I remember, you know, the whole hospital used to have a particular odor. It was an odor mixed with the strong antiseptics they were using. Yeah. But there was a sort of a fetid smell 
of, you know, like... That's a, a great word, like fetid. A, yeah, like kind of a yeah. fetid smell that was like a smell of bacterial contamination. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, I would say, like, okay, they're working on it. Uh, I'm a young, healthy yeah. person. You know, I go in there for just a while. But it was my distinct impression hmm. that uh, I inherited that smell, ah. you know, in the bathroom. Uh-huh. Uh, after a short time in the hospital. And sure enough, they did a study around the time that I was uh, in the hospital Uh in the 80s, which suggests that when people move into an environment with novel bacteria, that it doesn't take more than a few days for the novel bacteria to colonize their intestinal tract. So whether it's the water or whether it's just serendipity that something changed, Mm -hmm. that... Uh, people who live in a, in a, in a confined yeah. uh, environment together, like a family, yes. might share intestinal flora. Right. Um, and We share microbiome. Right, right. You know, it's, a, it's who's in the room, who you live with, so forth. Not just about what you're eating. Right. Uh, it, is, it, it just could be transmitted by casual contact, kissing, mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and, and with small kids, I mean, that's a problem because small kids are not... Hygienic, right, 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 yeah. right, right. So there's sticky, um, jammy hands. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's, I've never gotten a question like that, but it is sort of a thought-provoking question. Is it the water? Well, water should not uh, hypothetically change your intestinal flora, but you know, it doesn't unless it's back, contaminated with bacteria. But yeah, it does. Water is disinfected, mm-hmm. and sometimes the use of disinfectants. Yes. You know, like chlorine, like fluoride, you know, like, you know, right. whatever the, you know, could alter one's microbiome. Right. And that could, I mean, it's a potential culprit. A, a question I often ask people, especially who live in rural areas or anything, are you using public water or well water? Mm-hmm. Because I know out on the eastern end of Long Island, there tends to be too much iron and manganese right. in the well water, which is a reason to not use it or... Make sure you're super We get a super report filtering. from our water district all the time about, you know, mm-hmm. what the level of things are. Yeah. And uh, we live in a place where there's what's called an aquifer. Yes. Which means when it rains, the, it goes down to the aquifer, which is like porous rock. Mm-hmm. And there's and if you actually drive out to Long Island, it says you are now entering the Long Island watershed. Yes. Yes. And what uh-huh. is a watershed? Well, watershed means that there's millions and millions and millions of gallons of water Mm-hmm. down there. That's why when you dig a well, the well yeah. fills up yes. at a certain point. Uh, but the aquifer, I mean, another problem with the aquifer is that they've had a lot of major industries out there, among them yeah. Grumman, you oh, know, yeah. which you, which has been you know created. A lot a, of runoff. A lot of runoff, you know, major problems, mm-hmm. uh, gas stations, various manufacturing facilities, you know, auto shops, and yeah. da, 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 da. And they have uh, created some problems with the aquifer. Yeah. So yeah. that it's, you know, if you take a well water that's not treated, you better have it analyzed. Because oh, it could be, it could have chemicals. I remember out there, out, out east on the North Fork, uh, we had a family compound. And I remember one of my cousins, we had well water and we knew not to drink it. Did you have morning drills and stuff like that? No. <laughs> Okay, time for calisthenics. All right, everybody get out there. (laughs) I I know it was a 40-person dinner every night, which was unbelievable how they did that. Anyway, but um, 
one of my like cousins watchtowers there. Like... <laughs> <laughs> one of my cousins drank the water, and her teeth started to turn black. Oh, oh. yeah, that's so, an indication. Of right, something. right. So fluorosis or something worse. Fluorosis. Who knows? Fluorosis. Yeah. Yeah. Too much fluoride will cause your teeth to be mottled, not yeah. necessarily black, but, but not black. It was. It was. Oh, it was beyond gray. It was it was oh. toward the brown, definitely whoa. brown. Whoa, whoa. And we were we were young. We were eight nine years old, and yeah. she was drinking the water. It's like, wait, we're not supposed to drink the water. So we all knew that, but they yeah, that was interesting. Anyway, well, okay. so and increased population. You know, back in the nineteen seventies, it was probably half as much people out there. I would dare say, maybe even less. And then more use of. You know, uh, pesticides, herbicides, all of that mm-hmm. is going into the aquifer. Yep. And all of that is so ubiquitous in the environment that it's even in the rain yep. that is raining down sure. on us at sure. this point. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. glyphosate in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't mean, oh, to hell with my organic garden. You still want to do the best that you can do. Right. But, you know, beware that it's not completely uh, 100% uh, free of, of those contaminants. So all the more reason to take better care of yourself. But right. Mer- this is just such an interesting question. So public water, well water, water softeners, maybe water softeners or something. Okay. So quick question: What do yeah. you do? For, you know, just a practical question: What do you do for odoriferous stool as a supplement? Oh, maybe chlorophyll. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually chlorophyll tablets. Yeah. And they were actually yeah, originally designed for yeah. people who have ostomies. Because when yes. you have an ostomy, it's it's open and people are self conscious about the potential odor. Yes, uh, you know their ostomy, yeah. and they're originally given to uh, patients with an ostomy, so they chlorophyll. But yeah. you, know, you get chlorophyll by eating a lot of green leafy vegetables. Yeah. But you can actually get concentrated chlorophyll in tablets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the name. Of it. There actually it was one product. It was called Nodor. N apostrophe O D O R. Yeah, chlorella. Yeah, I, I don't know chlorella. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's Nodor. Yeah. Nodor, that's a great name. Yeah. Nodor. I don't sit around, but... Nodor, yeah. So, you know, if that bothers mm. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, Mary, thank you for that question. Yeah, there's a famous line from uh, mm. Normal, Norman Mailer. Uh, I think he wrote the book in, like, 1949, one of his early first books. He was a, he was a, he was a prodigy because he wrote a really... Like his first novel was super popular, Norman Mailer, the uh, writer. Mm-hmm. And um, it was called The Naked and the Dead. And it was a little bit about, it was a, right in the wake of World War II. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he's talking in the book, it was sort of a mordant look at the incompetence of um, the American military. You know, it still won the war, but, you know, the, yeah. there was, it was rife with incompetence. And there was a line in it The general, his blank don't smell like ice cream either. <laughs> Just <laughs> okay. poop. Fill in the blank. <laughs> right. Fill in the blank. Well, it, actually, yeah. that was a book that, because of the the, the profanity used in it, it was like highly censored, and you know, yeah. and it was a little bit of a scandal. It was one of the first books that had popular yeah. uh, novels that used, shall we say, mm-hmm. you know, frank language. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway, this a little aside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why it made me think about that. Yeah. Okay, so that's all the time we have. That's all the time we have. <laughs> so uh, send those questions. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. Uh, and um, our next installment will be American Lit in the 20th Century.
Ah, there we go. Four, three credits. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast with Layla, our weekly Q&A with Layla. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.